Have you ever asked the question, where are the skilled masons of the future going to come from? Who's going to train them? How do we even recruit them? You know, about 100 years ago, when I was a kid in high school, we used to have industrial arts, shop class, auto, metal, wood shop. I learned leather carving and tooling. I really enjoyed lapidary. I, I cut, polished, and created several pieces of stone jewelry. Some of us remember learning those skills using our hands. They were, they were lifelong lessons. Many of us don't. Have the skilled trades been rejected by the kids and young adults of today and been replaced with career thoughts of video game creation and computer programming? Maybe. That's not so good, at least in my opinion. And to fix it, all of us should really pay attention to the next several minutes of this podcast because these things affect your life, the well-being of your companies, communities, and families. I did say maybe, yes, and maybe, maybe it's the fault of the parents and grandparents uh, of aunts and uncles of today who have pushed kids towards college as a first or only choice when it comes to careers. Maybe we have made getting a degree seem like the only way to get ahead, and we've saddled our kids and us with a mountain of college debt, often for worthless degrees from prestigious universities, yielding unsatisfying careers for which our country and our kids are paying dearly. One of my favorite radio personalities, Dave Ramsey, tongue-in-cheek, often speaks of such degrees as German polka history, employing that there are virtually no jobs to go along with those degrees. Debt stacks up. Every year, college recruiters are invited to speak on campuses. Pick your numbers, but a college education might cost anywhere from ten dollars or $20,000 a year to triple or quadruple that. It's a mountain of debt creeping up on unsuspecting parents and children and saddling their futures for 10 or more years. You know, another one of my favorite TV podcast personalities is Mike Rowe, the star of the old series Dirty Jobs and the voice of shows like Deadliest Catch. Mike is a big proponent on the value of the skilled trades. In fact, he puts his money where his mouth is with the Mike Rowe Works Foundation, offering training scholarships for blue-collar jobs like welding to automotive to you name it. You know, at high schools and colleges, thankfully, military representatives are invited to speak. Just good for that. Rarely, though, are any representatives of the skilled trades. This is a shame. This should not happen. And this stops now. Hey, everybody. Coach Gary here. Thanks for indulging me in my rant. Fortunately, I have a guest today that you just got to meet. And I believe she can be one of the solutions to the problems mentioned in that rant. Bonnie O'Connor is involved directly in the issue of helping younger people discover the career fields in the skilled trades. She's with MITA, M-I-T-A, a training organization working to get masonry more visibility on high school campuses. 
at actually getting students basic construction trade as education there. And she also works with accredited apprenticeship training, providing younger workers with the skills needed on your job sites and your projects. And this is where the new skilled training is coming from. And this is happening all across the country and could impact your bottom line. So pay attention. Now, enough talking on my part. Help me to welcome Bonnie O'Connor from the Masonry Industry Training Association. Welcome to the Brick and Block. <laughs> Can't even talk. Welcome to the Brick and Block podcast, Bonnie. Hi, I'm glad you're here today. Hey, Gary, I'm really glad to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. This is a really important topic, and I'm excited to get some word out there about what we're doing. Cool. Um, we don't have a whole lot of time, so how about if we just dive right into this? I'll ask you some questions that are on the minds of, of our members. Okay, sounds good. Okay, well, let's start off with the obvious. Can you give us a quick snapshot of the organization, Mita? Uh, you know, what you focus on? I, I'm aware that, it, that it, it not only involves apprentice programs, but some other training as well. Yes, actually, uh, Mita starts in high schools and some colleges to introduce masonry skills training as a pathway to an in-demand occupation and career, which is the masonry trade. Mm -hmm. uh, when students finish high school, they can enter our adult training classes under our approved apprenticeship program with the state of California. And then Mita actually serves about six counties in this area, which is San Bernardino, Riverside, LA, San Diego, Orange, and the Imperial counties. So that's in a nutshell what we do. So in uh -huh. order to do that, we have a couple of programs that operate, one in Ontario, one in San Diego currently, that are serving the training of apprentices. So it's kind of the learn, earn while you learn a concept versus college, which is learn while you gather deck. So basically they're in the uh, program, they go to work all day on a masonry job site as an apprentice, and then they go to class two nights a week with the instructor that we have hired in the two programs to do that. Once they finish that program, which is about three and a half year commitment, wow. they're on their way to becoming a journeyman Mason and having an established career as long as they put forth the effort to do that. In the other side of the house, we're trying to look at how to get the information out about the masonry trade through high schools. We want to create a feeder into our apprentice program. The students have to be 18 to enter our apprentice program. So if you're able to get into the high schools and reach those juniors and seniors and explain to them what the masonry trade is, there might be the opportunity to move those young people into the apprentice program and then thereby into the into the business. Well, that's cool. I mean, I I, I really had no idea. So that's uh, that's that's great to learn. I just thought that. Um, you know, having grown up in the in the industry in the in the trades, um, that the only answer to training would have been like in uh, apprenticeship through the uh, the different trades unions. So this is this is really good to hear. Yeah, it is, and I've actually been talking to a few high school students because we're trying to set up a boot camp um, in the summer in this area, Ontario area, and um, the kids actually want to work with their hands but when I say well do you know what a mason does they just kind of stare at me so it's a good opportunity to say okay this is what they do you know all those block walls you see along lining up all the housing that's being built in the Inland Empire hey those are masons blocks bricks they're masons the kids are like oh that's pretty cool so this boot camp idea was to give them a concentrated 
uh, hands-on training where they can have fun building some things, learn about carpentry, construction, and mason all together, and kind of open their eyes to some other possibilities when they want to work outdoors and they want to enter a trade. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Uh, you know, it's funny, you, you just kind of touched on that, that the kids really had no concept of what that name masonry meant. And, and I mean, everybody knows what a plumber is or a roofer or an electrician. Uh, we're kind of a, a well-kept secret. True. True. I, I mean, it's, you can see evidence of what masons do every day and everything sure. you look at, you know, from your backyard to the professional job site, but it doesn't register unless they understand it. Now you're working in um, the Southern California area, which I love that fact because I live here in the Southern California area, but, yeah. uh, but you, 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 let's see, your, your organization is, is just centralized to that you, you were not a national organization, but, but there are, I'm guessing, similar groups or uh, allied groups across the country. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, there are. There are masonry associations throughout the country. I've worked specifically with one in Arizona, North Carolina, Florida, Texas. So a number of them have been very helpful to me while I've been trying to think about things that I could implement to get our information out here in the Southern California area. Uh, but yeah, any it, this is a statewide effort um, with the schools and with the masonry associations. The schools have become uh, very valuable partners in creating CTE, which is um, continuing its certified technical education. So now students are given opportunities to go into trades versus going to college. So they have both sides. They still get college prep if they want that, but they also get a trade education. So they're kind of seeing that there are many fields you can go into as an apprentice or straight in from high school and get good paying jobs. You know, one of the things I really like about this, um, and I was mentioned, uh, you know, Mike Rowe, uh, how, how he has gone after this in a big way and, and given some honor into the, to the skilled trades. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the contrast between, and I'm a guy with, with college, you know, so, uh, so I'm not trying to bad mouth getting a college education. I don't mean that at all. But sometimes it is just oversold and, and, and kids are just, they're not all that interested in it. And we make it difficult for them to choose something that might appeal to them more like working with their hands. Well, it's also a two-edged kind of thing. I mean, there's, you know, college has gotten very expensive. I'm also college education yeah. all the way from my bachelor's degree to my master's degree. Um, have I used my education? Yeah, in different ways, mm -hmm. but not necessarily straightforward on a job, you know, on a trade that mm -hmm. I could easily identify. I've grown into things using my education. Um, but many of the, the people, especially in the Empire region, they simply don't have the wherewithal to actually go to college. And it's not an option for them, per se. So they have to have other means of, you know, creating their livelihood. And there are lots and lots of opportunities to do that. You know, what's kind of neat about this is, um, got to pick on colleges again, but oh my gosh, they're, they make it so easy. You know, so a kid goes into college and as parents across the country are aware, you know, it's, it's very, it, can, it can be very expensive. And so they come out of that two or three or four or five or six years with 50 or $100,000 of debt, possibly maybe not finding a job in, you know, in the um, German polka history field that they were hoping to get, which seemed a good, a, a good idea at the time. And, and, and they end up taking you know, 
probably any job that they can get, maybe a poor paying job. And it's just, there's, there's just a huge disconnect. And yet the kids going through the skilled trades pay almost nothing. In fact, they're pretty much paid, you know, when, when they work with groups like yours across the country, they're making money going while they're going to school. It's not really costing them anything. It's, it takes effort. They're learning really good skills and they come out. And you know, I, we've done a lot of stuff, uh, the different companies I've worked with in public works, for instance. And you look at the look at the, the wage rates of of uh, shoot even a, even apprentice uh, uh, masons, but uh, they're they're pretty decent. And then, but look at journeyman masons. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of college grads don't get paid what what uh, journeyman masons get paid. Right. I mean, it's, it's like you have to set yourself up. So what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And as you progress, you're going to do pretty well. I mean, as long as you, you know, find your niche and it fits you well and you move through that, you're going to do very, very well. I mean, it is, it is, hard, it is hard work, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a different kind of work than a lot of young people probably are aware of today with technology and all that has opened doors to, to working, you know, on your computer in your house. So mm-hmm. this is a little different. So, you know... <laughs> You got to get them excited about that. And, and then two of the boys that I actually talked to just an hour ago, they were younger boys, both 14 and 15. And they said, we've been working in our hands since we were in elementary school. We have a whole thing set up in our garage. We can't wait to attend a boot camp. Can you take us? <laughs> and they were really cute. I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. So they really like that. They like working with their hands. That is so cool because I, I can just imagine you because when you go and you speak to high school groups, that sort of a thing. And kids are thinking about alternatives. And when you start, I mean, it must be fun to be able to dazzle them with a little bit of the, the, the monetary rewards for going through the skilled trades. Talk about that a little bit. Well, I can in the, in the efforts to put the boot camp on. When I yeah. first started with Mita to do this, um, I was only two months in when the brakes were put on for COVID. So oh. that really changed everything. You know, schools haven't been open <laughs> all this time. So we kind of lost our our, our way there, it's very difficult because you can't get in front of students in the same manner and no one knew how we were teaching and what was mm-hmm. going on. So I am excited to see us moving back toward, you know, even if it's a hybrid model, you know, having both, you know, there are mm-hmm. ways for us to get in front of Zoom. So I haven't had a chance to really talk to the young people except for right now with recruiting that boot camp. And um, it was fun because I did feel like they were excited about it when I got done with the conversation. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to things going back to a little bit of normalcy where we can hopefully get back into those classrooms, you know, and have that direct, direct connection with these students. Well, let's see, changing position here just a little bit. Um, uh, so, because I want to, I want to kind of uh, hone in on something. So in your opinion, how are we going to be training our future Mason, is it going to be on the job and in the classroom, one or the other? What's what do you see out there uh, to to well, fill the need? Yeah, I definitely think it has to be on the job. I mean, one of the things that when our apprentice program had to step back and use Zoom to do a lot of their classes, the hands-on piece was really missing for many of those students, um, unless they were actively working on a job site, getting them they couldn't do anything in the classroom, which they were doing. When they left, in fact, in Ontario, they were building, I think, a fireplace. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that hands-on really has to happen in this kind of field. But you also have the book side. There are things they need to learn um, that a book can provide. So I think if you can do both, a little bit of both, mm-hmm. you know, 
will still be fine. I think if you take away completely the hands-on, you're going to have a lot of trouble teaching the trades. I mean, they have to have some feel, you know, some, some feel for what they're doing and utilizing the tools that are, that they're being, you know, shown how to use from a book standpoint. Okay, now how does that work when I really go and do it? Okay, now, yeah, it makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, with respect to the, I think I'm thinking now of of high school kids, and they're and they go into this program. What are the kind of skills? I mean, they're sort of general skills, but what all are are these kids taught over that that period of time that they're in the in the high school uh, ranks of of training? I can I can speak to what the curriculum that we use. Okay, uh, we work with the NCCER. They're based out of Florida, and their goal is to try to standardize craft training so that the, when the students get out of it, they're having the same experiences, and they're getting tested on that knowledge both by a performance and by a written exam, and they're getting credentials, which helps make them more professional to go out and then get jobs. So that's one thing that um, as we implement programs, we're putting that into the high school when we're able to do that. Some high schools have their own things, but because we're doing masonry training, they tend to look to us for the curriculum. So when a student first starts out, there's a series of nine modules that are, are really basic to any trade. You know, well, you through those, tools, would you? Just... Your hand tools, your power tools, your construction drawings, your a safety is a big one, how to be safe on a workplace. Um, that's four off the top of my head. So they have that kind of introduction. And then if we can link our level one masonry, because there's actually three levels of masonry to complete the whole entire process, level one can also be implemented at the high school level. And that would be like your introduction to masonry, your introduction to masonry tools, your introduction to, to masonry walls, you know, all the basic components of masonry as a trade. Then you get into level two and three, which is much deeper, you know, much more technical. And that, that kind of plays out a little bit more in our apprentice program when they're 18, so they can enter that. That's okay, good. Um, not only good, excellent. Um, let's see. Now, um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that one of the things that, that is, is a big component of this is somehow getting, I'll, I'll just say masonry contractors, somewhat involved in the process. I don't know if it be as instructors or, or what. I, I, we're not really looking for financial contributions. Because that's there's there's that's taken care of out of a of a separate uh, fund and stuff. So sometimes, yeah, yeah. I, I think both. You would mm -hmm. both, but I get to where you're going. I think we're not going to be able to build a workforce of tomorrow if we don't engage the masonry contractors of today. Because one of the things that's happening, as we all know, us baby boomers are going to be moving out of business, and when we move out, we're not training the young people that are coming in there's going to be a whole lot of lack of knowledge there right in that middle section. And we have to do that. So even though, you know, even though someone might come in and think, Oh, I don't know if I want to be a Mason, but through the process, they decide they like carpentry. I mean, the mm -hmm. bottom line is we mm -hmm. need to get these kids into trades and all of the trades probably are hurting in the same ways um, with the generation today, whether they're getting access to being able to be trained. Um, those are all really, really important really, really important. <laughs> yeah. We need them to actually be willing when we call and I'm trying to develop like a team, you know, basically I want to have like 
30 Masons that are willing to be guest lecture lecturers in a classroom. So when mm -hmm. I get back into the high schools, I can, and I get a request from say, um, um, Claremont, I'll have a Mason that's near Claremont and I can call that Mason and say, Hey, will you go in and do this presentation for an hour to a class on Masonry? That would be fantastic. And I need that list so that I have the people to call on as soon as we get those requests. And as schools start opening, you know, in the fall, I see more happening. We'll be able to start saying, hey, let's go do presentations. The other thing that we need is if we're going to make more classes where we're actually going to teach masonry, mm -hmm. we do need masons to be instructors. You know, a lot of those are going to have to teach during the day. So a lot of um, a retired mason may find this to be a great change, you know, in their life. Yeah, it's that'd not, be great. Yeah. Yeah, they won't have to work a ton of hours but they also get to be with young people, which what I found talking to instructors across the country is most of them were older and they just got such delight out of working with the students. You know, it kind of, it just, you could tell that they really, really enjoyed it. You know, they got a lot from that. Not only, not only being able to share their trade, but being able to see a student and it's not every student, but seeing a student that actually does move forward and excel in this trade. And I think that's what's exciting. So we need them to come on board so that again, I have a list of Masons across the Southern California area that want to be instructors in some form and fashion. You know, if I have that list and as soon as I have a program that I'm able to implement, I'm able to go, oh, I have Joe and he lives here and he's pretty close to that site. So let me see if Joe would be willing to do this, to, to teach at this level. Now there's two different things with teaching that I need to explain. Mm, okay. If we're working with a nonprofit organization, for example, I'm able to um, train them as a craft instructor for masonry and they don't necessarily need to get the certification from the state of California. Okay. If they go to teach in a high school, then they have to get a certification that the state requires, a CTE certification. It's not a hard thing, but they would do it. They would be going to school, but it's all Zoom. And um, they have five years from the time they're hired to actually get that certification. But they have to be certified by the state to teach in a high school. Now, when, when you have, uh, let's say, even uh, retired uh, Masons uh, that, that, would, that could teach uh, in these programs, is that something they can actually get paid for? Is this all volunteer? What is no, it? No, no. These are paid positions. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're teaching. I mean, they're, they're doing another career path. So, yeah, they're, they're paid positions that we're offering with MEDA. We either, we, they're either paid by the, the partner, you know, if, if the school happens to have the income level to afford to hire the instructor, and they've done that and we've covered supplies are in some cases right now with ones we're building we're covering the instructor they they have the ability to cover the books and the exam fees and the computers so that's how we're kind of partnering what portion do we need to pay as Mita? what portion can they pay and then together we create a program so do you have some kind of uh, what i want to do is i, I i'm thinking I want to reach out to everybody who's listening in with us right now and people who are going to pick up this podcast later. Um, and if you've got some kind of a, a, a little a list, a brochure or something like that, I'm going to have I'm going to make it real simple for people to just send a, a, an email to uh, brick and block podcast at gmail.com. Anything that comes in like that, I'll just pass that over to you and you can you can send out brochures or however you want to do that. But I, and then and then also. Uh, we could use that same vehicle to reach out to anybody, you know, across the country. So if somebody Tennessee is listening to this, uh, they're not in Southern California, but you know, some people that could help them out there in that area where they live, that, that would be kind of the, the flavor of this. Or, you know, somebody who knows somebody 
Um, yeah, I, I, it's a connection in some way to yeah. council in that. Okay, so that would be that would be a, a good way to do that. Um, yeah, that would be excellent. So let's um, so let's do this. Um, this this conversation that we're having this this needs to continue. Uh, I, I'm, like to you know put you on the spot here and get you to promise that you will return again at some point in time that's convenient for you and then i'd also like to uh, people listening to this in in similar positions to yours across the country i want to get them involved in this too because this is a crying need that we have in the industry and so yeah if if that makes sense to you because i'm yeah i'd like to continue the conversation and as I'm as I'm going as I'm going through this stuff, I'm you know I'm writing down other little questions I want to ask you. This <laughs> we don't, probably probably don't need to do a two hour uh, program yeah. here. Yeah. So so I tell you what, um, Bonnie, I want to thank you uh, for being here. I'll, we'll we'll uh, we'll wrap this up and then I'll, um, I'll 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 give an address again where people could, could contact the podcast and we'll get information to you and you can follow up with them if that works out well for you. Yes, that's fine. And I have information that could help them look at whether um, being an instructor is a new career change for them. You know, as we get older, we want to share our trade and maybe we can't do the heavy parts of it anymore. And this is a way to still be in it, but to see the next generation come out of it. Okay. Well, I'm going to say then, well, uh, thanks again, Bonnie, for being here and we will do this again. Okay, team, that's it for today. Big favor to ask of you, though. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe, follow, like us, whatever your podcast player uh, says. And to get that uh, brochure that that, uh, Bonnie was talking about, you can catch me at brickandblockpodcast at gmail. That's brick and, spell out the word and, brickandblockpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a question or a comment. You can ask for the brochure. And as we were saying earlier, even if you're from another part of the country and you're you're interested in training, any of this will get you connected. This is important. Get this thing. Uh, do your part. Reach out to your friends, the contractors that you know, people who could help out here to um, to elevate our industry, particularly in the side in the eyes of uh, of the younger folks that are out there. So thanks again to Bonnie O'Connor with Mita and to all of you out there in the industry. And for the Brick and Block podcast, I'm Coach Gary. Thanks for stopping by, everybody.